Welcome to Interrevolutionary Radio with your host, Beth Green, and your co-host, James Maynard. Today's topic, post-election peace, how do we feel joy and calm in tumultuous times? The election is over, but the ripples continue. Millions of people are still distressed and apprehensive about the future. Getting stressed and being unhappy doesn't help us think clearly or act decisively and appropriately. So how can we feel joy in our personal lives and move forward in our activist lives with calm, determination, and the feeling of oneness? Beth Green, longtime spiritual activist and founder of the innerrevolution.org, will be hosting this show and will be interviewing her. We'll be talking about the positive and sometimes unexpected changes that we are seeing right now in our world, the new commitments, the greater caring, and the deepened determination. And we'll be releasing ourselves to feel joy in the midst. We need to be awake but calm. So stay tuned, call in with your comments and observations, and be at peace now. Now, Beth, over to you. Would you like to share about the interrevolutionary news with us? Well, I don't have a lot of interrevolutionary news to share with you today, uh, but I would like to share a couple of things um, that I've that I've seen, and. Uh, I'd like to say that I'm not as calm as I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, here it is. We're back on the show. You know, we're doing the show once a month now. Normally, it's the first Thursday of the month. It's Beth and James' show. Now, sometimes I get interviewed during the month. And next month, um, we're going to be on the second Thursday of the month just to confuse things. But those of you who are interested and who like to hear us... Um, Please tune in. But I, you know, I've been going up and down like a yo-yo and I, you know, sometimes I just hide and I, and I think everything is going to be okay. And other times I get upset. But as soon as I get upset, I say, all right, Beth, this is not helping. And see, I think the only thing to do is to have an inner revolution. It's like we have tried everything else, right? And, you know, that's the funny thing about this. The defeat of the Democratic Party in the last elections could be the beginning of something better because politics as usual, thinking as usual, uh, all of that stuff is didn't work, isn't working, notwithstanding the fact that Hillary Clinton has won with the popular vote by over 2.3 million, I think, at the moment. And, you know, who knows where it's going to go. But there's a lot of stuff, and, you know, many of us were not, like, gung-ho supporters of Hillary anyway because we had a lot of reservations about her. So, okay, so now what's happening? Well, we still see people making a fight at Standing Rock. We see people who are still um, trying to move forward with, uh, you know, the kids are still suing the government for not protecting them from climate change. Um even oil companies in Europe are preparing for climate change. You know, lots of people realize this climate change. Many cities have been saying they're willing to give up money in order to protect undocumented immigrants, sanctuary cities. Now, colleges, hundreds of college leaders nationwide are pledging support for undocumented immigrants enrolled in their campuses. In response to fear that President-elect Donald Trump may push for larger-scale deportations. So you see what I'm saying? I mean, we're still moving. Um, Now, there's some, you know, kind of shocking things. Uh, The EPA, the new EPA head, is a fossil fuel guy. And and the EPA's latest 
late changes to fracking study downplay risk of drinking water pollution. Okay, so it's only earthquakes. You know, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's, it's so there. It's a mess. It's a mess, but people are still fighting. Now, the question is, should we change strategy or should we just keep going the way we were? Now, I know that a lot of people are beginning to get the idea that we better bond together and stop being so fragmented in the fight. And that is something that we really believe in. That's oneness. And we have had a, you know, a, a statement on our Facebook page for quite a while, a post about, um, what do we call that? The campaign to unite all movements. And people have been signing and liking and sharing, and that's very cool. And, and we see that. So there is a campaign to unite all movements. There are people who are more motivated now than they were before the election because they say, oops, you know, we're in danger. Uh, we see, you know, Donald Trump taking credit for saving jobs not mentioning the fact that it's costing $7 million, it bribing bribing companies to stay in the U.S. And, and not even saving all the jobs. So it's kind of pathetic. And then, um, you and know. And those are just the first bribes, just, just the first company or two. Exactly. Imagine and now this is a precedent. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that, but, you know, he's going to look like the big winner, which is, you know, important for his ego. So we see uh, fights are going to be coming, fights about Medicare, fights about Social Security. They're all sitting there in the wings, fights about abortion. People are you know, going out for reproductive rights. But do, don't we need more? So first we need to unite all movements. Yes, yes, yes. I think people are really beginning to get that. I mean, there was a demonstration recently in San Diego that I read about where uh, you know, there was Black Lives Matters and Muslims and climate change and all that, like we're fighting together. But we still have to get what we are fighting for instead of what we're fighting against. And I have to tell you something. As much as I do not resonate, this is the nicest way I can say it, say it with Donald Trump, with his egoic approach to the world, and with the Republican agenda, which, by the way, had zero mandate, nobody said they were v- voting for Ryan, Paul Ryan's budget or, uh, you know, changing Medicaid. In fact, I read, just read that one out of four Americans do, does not want Obamacare to be repealed. But so we know that's happening. And so there's going to be a lot of fighting to try to keep the ground uh, that people have. Beth, yes. Beth, I heard you say one out of four don't want to have Obamacare repealed. Or was that do? Oh, no, no, no. That was me. That was my goof up. Okay, can we do a rewind? Yeah, rewind. Take Only- two. <laughs> <laughs> Only one out of four wants it repealed. A lot of people are going to lose. So, I mean, you can just feel it. You know, there's going to be these, all these fights going on mm. to either st- keep what we have or try to move forward. There's a lot of fear about climate change and what Trump is going to do and all of that. But every time I read this news, I just feel bad. I mean, I'm glad to see that people are still on the move, but I want to see something different. I want to see what we are for. I want to see a real coming out of this election phase with a soul-searching and with the calm and peace 
that I often feel, especially when I don't read the news. Now, I have to make a confession because, you know, I've always believed in full disclosure and honesty. I haven't read the news that much lately. (laughs) I have to admit it. I have to admit it. I can't stand seeing page after page about what Trump is going to do and what he said and what he thinks and what Ryan is going to do and what Pence is going to do. And I, I, I'm going to be really honest with you. I do not believe that these people represent positive change. Now, I am willing to consider like, okay, are they going to come up with a better plan than Medicare? Are they going to come up with a better plan than Obamacare? Um, hey, you know, I'm open from what I've read. They're going to be removing a lot of people from the rolls and not giving me anything else. Or there's going to be the more people, the more wealthy people are going to gain. And it's the same thing with the taxes. But again, so I, I have it. I have to admit, and I bet some of you feel the same way. It's like, oh, uh, you know, now that the horse race is over, it's getting kind of painful to read the news. But... I don't want to stay in that place. I don't have to read the news every five minutes to know what's going on in our nation. What I want to do is spend my time and energy doing something positive. So today, that's what we're going to do. We are going to try to spread some peace and joy. First of all, I want to tell you that you should not feel guilty if you're happy this holiday season. (laughs) (laughs) few enough of us are happy right and being miserable and angry is not a recipe for a revolution oh i know a lot of revolutions have happened based on that but you know anger begets anger and if you defeat the other guy they're going to come back and they're going to bite you and It just goes on forever. I mean, there is this endless pendulum swing in this country between the Republicans and the Democrats, between the progressives and the conservatives. You know, and if the progressives win, the conservatives are unhappy. If the conservatives win, the progressives are unhappy. A lot of people are unhappy. So I say, first of all, we have to be happy. Now, is that the stupidest thing you've ever heard? By the way, yeah, I'd like to ask you how <laughs> how do we start to feel all of that joy in our personal lives, and you're talking about uh, and and instead shift, and also include the calm and the determination and the feeling of oneness. Yes, well, the first thing I would like you to do, James, is to give out the phone number because this is a call-in show. Okay, then. So give out that phone number, and then I am going to attempt to answer the question. Thank you. If you'd like to call in with a question or a comment, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Okay. Be here or be square. (laughs) Okay. Well, the first thing is we have to give ourselves permission to be happy. Now, I totally understand that millions of people are very anxious right now. Either they're afraid they're going to lose their medical insurance or they're afraid they're going to be deported or they're afraid that there's going to be a ban on Muslims. There has already been, you know, increases in hate crimes and so on. So, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of tension and anxiety. So let's say 
you have a moment and you're sitting outside and the sky is blue. If you're not in the south right now being lambasted by climate change. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you have food on the table. Your dog is there. Uh, maybe even your wife or your husband or your friends or your family, and you feel like, oh, but I can't feel happy because Donald Trump has won the election and the world is coming to an end. Now, I really want to know, does anybody out there ever have those feelings? Okay, so I do. I have, and I'm thinking, that's dumb. Why do I think that's dumb? Because the more angry and upset and twisted inside I am, the less well I can think. Mm, Good point. See, the moment of anger lets me know that something's wrong, but we do not believe in staying there. We believe in getting calm, feeling connected, and moving forward. And we have to be able to think so I see that we already have two callers. I'm going to go on with this topic, but let's let the callers speak. First caller is Christine from San Diego. Hi, thank you for having me. Ah, you sound like you have a cold or a very sexy voice. Um, both, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, mostly just a cold. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I'm just getting over it. Um, so... Already what you've been talking about um, made me think of a couple things, one of which is I saw your post on Facebook about Castro yes. and um, that, um, you know, that what every revolution needs is an inner revolution. Yes. And your, your point about, like, if we're always fighting against, then we just kind of ping, ping pong, right? It's the Republicans and it's the Democrats and the Republicans and the Democrats if we don't actually really change um, through an inner revolution and change the way we go about um, making progress. Yes. Um, and so I just wanted to say thank you for that. I, I can see that here. And for some reason, I feel hopeful that it might be possible to do that now. Uh, yes, I agree with you. And I think it's because, you know, the, of the utter and complete demoralization yeah. that people are feeling. And uh, there is, a, you know, I, I was told by someone recently that she was told that people on the left, for example, some of them are just turning on each other and who's at fault and who did this and who did that. This is not calm, relaxed, positive, and joyful. You know, when you're just angry, 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 and you're backbiting one another, you know, it doesn't attract a whole lot of people. Oh, it may attract some. I shouldn't say that because Donald Trump attracted a lot of people by being angry, angry, angry. (laughs) But he was offering them some kind of a hope, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's specious or not, he was offering them a hope. I have found in my own life that when I'm happy, 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 and I don't mean like, put on a happy face. I mean, really, <laughs> really. Uh, people are more attracted to me. I mean, maybe they're scared shitless. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that word. Could you say, okay. They're, they're <laughs> scared out of their gourd. They're scared out of their gourds. Gourd is okay. Gourdless. <laughs> um, uh, 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 there, you know, people. When you know, you can make people really scared, 
and you can get them to follow you. But when you present a, a positive energy, people will come towards you. Look at the Dalai Lama. Yeah. You know, here's this little guy from Tibet, you know, okay, you know, why do people love him? Mm-hmm. Because they can feel it. there's something in his depth of his being. Exactly. He's a you know, sa- he's safe human being. Yes. Yeah. And so it's, I say that the first thing is, I'm not saying that there aren't terrible things happening in the world, but we have to hold within ourselves a center of peace and calm that people can come to because they're scared, because they're upset, because they're angry, because they don't feel like they have anything, you know, a a choice. They feel helpless and they need us. They need us to be a stand for something positive, for a hope for the future. You know, that is what I think will ultimately prevail and bring people together, you know, unite to fight for. And what do we need to fight for is that inner revolution. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but I know you had more that you wanted to say. Yeah, well, it brings me to the second piece, which is that um, I feel like, you know, before the election happened, like I was part of, you know, I'm liberal. People know I'm liberal. These are the causes I support, right? But I feel like something um, happened in that through the process of the election and and post-election, I feel like I owned my values more, like it crystallized. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like I like to see myself as a social liberal because I'm a good person and I care about other people, but it had me really like reflect on, you know, what, what are my values? What will I stand for no matter what? And I think in realizing that that's who I am, not just that's the people I follow and like and want to be like, but that's who I am. Yes. um, That brings a sense of calm and peacefulness. Yes. And uh, this, this really connects back to what James was asking earlier, which is how do you become that stand for calm and peace? Well, one of the ways that you do that is become a stand, <laughs> not for hatred, but for understanding, compassion, but taking a stand on issues, but not against people. You know, it, it's not that hard to figure out what an interrevolutionary would do in a particular situation. And by the way, I am writing the interrevolutionary handbook, which I hope to heaven will be, just in case G-O-D is also one of those words you're not allowed to say in the air, um, <laughs> that, that I hope will be done in the beginning, sometime in early January, something that I'm just going to put together for us to really look at, well, what is this? How do you be an inner revolutionary? How do I be an inner revolutionary where I live? I'm not going to hop a plane to Oregon or move to I don't know where. You don't have to go anywhere. It's wherever you are. Drop the bucket wherever you are and become an inner revolutionary where you are. And I would like to definitely start training people on how to bring the inner revolutionary perspective into everything. And when you start doing that, you automatically become more peaceful and calm because you feel like you are in tune with what needs to happen in history and how you're really feeling deep inside. That articulates it perfectly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Christine. Thanks for calling. And next we have Helen in California. 
Hi. Helen, Great welcome. Great show so far. Um, oh, good. My question, my question might, I don't know, it, it just came to me actually last night when I was thinking about the show today and thinking about, do you think people are holding on to their anger? It seems like people want to be angry. Do you think they're doing that because they associate a feeling of peace with a lack of activity? Uh, you know, I, I know think, sometimes yes, yes. I'm afraid of that. Sometimes I'm afraid to let go of my anger because I'm afraid that I'll just become passive. Yes, I agree with you. It's like it would be a defeat. In people's minds, they think that if we're not angry, we're not going to keep fighting. If we don't keep fighting, we're defeated. Then we will have, we will have been crushed by Goliath. And um, that is such a great question because that is so true. And the truth is that when we are able to become stronger within ourselves and connect to one another and start connecting to the peace of the forward momentum, then we become even bigger than we were when we were angry. See, the ego tells us that anger makes us big, like, whoa. You know, we've all seen it, the drunken dead or whatever, right? And uh, they're, you know, making noises and pounding his chest. And it looks pretty darn scary or the white nationalists or whatever. Okay, so there's a lot of scary looking dudes out there and dudesses, I must say. It has nothing to do with gender. And um, so we don't want them to win. So we think we have to replicate that, but we don't. I mean... I know there have been times in history where we have felt like, oh, if we didn't take arms and fight, it's like the Cuban Revolution. You know, they had to fight the Yankees. I understand exactly how they felt. I mean, the, the uh, you know, Cuba was one of those nations that was run by, you know, American uh, business uh, in cahoots with a uh, corrupt government. and a, uh, And that's the way it was. And so... And then when the Cuban Revolution happened, uh, the U.S. got really you know, angry and the, the Bay of Pigs invasion and all of that. And, you know, there was an association of, yeah, well, we are going to fight. It's like Cuba, see, Yankee, no. But what we're trying to do is we are trying to help people to understand that within every person, there is a potential a potential of understanding and compassion and connection. And that's what we want to go for. It doesn't work. You know, first you have Castro and then the anti-Castro and then there'll be the anti-anti-Castro and the anti-anti-anti-Castro. <laughs> you, you know how it is? And, uh, you, and, and what are we looking for? You know, we're looking for what unifies us. We've been talking about this for months now, right? So we look at, at the people who supported everybody and we say well what do we all have in common what do we all want and so we're looking for that place of unity so that's something positive that we can go towards the other thing that we have to go towards is we have to change the way we relate to each other and that is just an example of relating to people differently um i don't know if i've shared this on the air or not so if i have shoot me okay but I was at a demonstration, anti-war demonstration. I know I've shared it with my, my group and um, the interweb. Uh, and I was at an anti-war demonstration, and I was at the front line, 
And the cops were out there, you know, with their batons, you know, threatening everybody and there were horses and everything. And I got to talking to this policeman and I said, you know, we are on the same side. And I really believed it because at that time I was kind of a leftist and I believed in class struggle. And I said, you know, you're you're having problems at your work. I have problems at mine. And we, I said, you know, why are we on opposite sides? And we started to talk about the way things were. Now, he didn't say much, but he was clearly listening because at a certain moment, they were pushing us all away from the barricades. And he said, I mean, it was really dangerous. The, they were throwing, you know, I, I, there were horses and all that stuff. And he said to me, you've got to step back or I'm going to have to hit you. I mean, he actually said this. He had this club, and I'm like five feet, right, and very weak and fragile. He didn't want to hit me. He did not want to hit me because I knew in his heart that I was him and he was me. And at that time, everybody fled from the barricades, and I'm still standing there in the front talking to this dude. (laughs) And he started waving. I mean, he took that baton down hard to the left of my head and hard to the right of my head. And he kept doing that, never touched me. Now, why am I sharing this story? If I told, if you've heard it before out there, in the, there are giant audience, I'm sorry, but it's really relevant because it really goes to show you that inside us, there is something that really knows. And we talked about this after the election, I talked to different supporters of different people, you know, what we have in common. But it isn't just a political issue of, gee, let's go find out what causes we all agree with. It is a human issue. If there's something wrong with our society, there's something wrong with the way we relate to one another. It's something wrong with the competition and the fragmentation. And it isn't just capitalism. It's the egoic way that we are in the world. And we have to find within ourselves the part of us that knows this and isn't willing to do it the old way anymore. When I left the the political movement, the left, in 1978 and had a spiritual awakening, I couldn't stand myself. I couldn't stand myself. And I couldn't stand the other side either, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) But I couldn't stand myself. I couldn't stand the backbiting. I couldn't stand the polarization. I couldn't stand the squabbling within the movement. I couldn't stand any of that making everybody wrong and polarizing. And I'm the only one who's right. I hated it, hated it, hated it. But that's the ego. That's not the left. That's the ego. That same ego is everywhere we go. And I wanted to take a stand against that. And I had this spiritual awakening and I thought, whoa, what is this? And I started to feel energies and do counseling and stuff like that. But I didn't fall asleep. I knew there was still a lot of problems in the world, but I wanted to come at it in a different way, which is the essence of spiritual activism. And so here we are, you know, we're calling for an inner revolution. I want to see a revolution in the way we treat each other, men and women, children, uh, you know, other nations, other races, our opponents. I want to see oneness, accountability, and mutual support being the law of the land. And I don't mean that we have legislation, but that it's within us deeply. And we have got to be trained to think that way because that isn't the way we are 
just automatically responding based on the kind of socialization we've received. That was a long answer, wasn't it? Yes, it was, but it was a great answer. (laughs) Okay, good. So speaking of which, Helen, you are a very active part of the innerrevolution.org, and anybody who hasn't heard Helen on the radio, you are in for a treat. Tune in when she or she and Todd are on the air and also Todd and anybody else who's on Interrevolutionary Radio now that we're only doing, you know, occasions. Tell us what this organization is actually doing. Are we talking pie in the sky? No, we are not talking pie in the sky. We've got lots of irons in the fire. We're doing, um, we've already done one training at a local elementary school for about 30 of their staff and teachers and principals about dealing with differences and seeing that what they perceive as weaknesses are actually, um, sorry about the background noise, are actually strengths for the community. We're very much dedicated to activism in our, in our community. We are also working with the Peace Resource Center, which is a group of wonderful activists that we just recently have become connected with. And they're very interested in our Bonding Over Possibilities series. And I'm, I can't wait to talk to them and to uh, tell them about the new thrust of that program, which is to be training inter-revolutionaries with your fabulous new handbook that's coming out. Um, we've <laughs> tell also us, been very... Tell us, yeah. When you finish all that, come back and tell us about BOP, which is Bonding Over Possibilities. But you couldn't cut, keep going. Well, we've been very active with the Muslims in the San Diego County area, supporting them after the San Bernardino shootings, which I think was over a year ago was when we started reaching out to them. And we have done several events with them. We've been invited to be on their anti-bullying school board community uh, committee, and they have just sent a, a letter to the superintendent who has responded with a wonderful letter to the community of uh, unification and outreach and the end of punishment as a treatment for wait, wait, uh, wait, whatever. Wait, wait, would you please repeat what you just said? That the anti-bullying committee yes. has you know, drafted a letter asking for the, uh, the school district, San Diego Unified School District, to begin a process of training their teachers and staff so that they can end the exclusionary treatment of people, including bullies, and do a, what they call a restorative justice kind of philosophy, acknowledging that people are uh, acting out because of pain and not because they're bad people. And that's, that's fantastic. Very, yeah, that's very much in alignment with the inner revolution. That is an inner revolution. Yes. And so we've been a part of that thrust and advocating for that from the very beginning and advocating also for the uh, unification of all of the movements. And that is also beginning to happen even within the smaller committees like the, the Muslims. You know, uh, you know, we've been there at their committee meetings saying, we've got to unify, we've got to get together. And this is one of the things I agree with you about the one of the benefits of the election is that people are finally realizing, yes, we have to do that if we're going to have a voice. So we've also connected with the uh, Alternatives to Violence 
project, um, and we're working on developing a Living with Reality series so that we can take that into the prisons. Um, We're just kind of everywhere at the moment. You would think that this was a cast of thousands. You would. You would, and that we're getting paid lots of money, but we are a small group, and it's all volunteers. Speaking of which... we're very dedicated. Speaking of which, would you please talk about that fundraiser that's just got launched and give a, a URL or something like that. And then we want to go back to Bob. We're going to bop back to Bob. Um, we are launching a fundraiser. Obviously, we need the money because we are an all-volunteer community and all-volunteer activists. And... We really need your support to be able to do this work. We can't, you know, I, I work full-time as a counselor and then also uh, do this on the side. And so, you know, we would very much appreciate, um, I'm looking for the, for the link right now. Um, I know that it's just launched. Let's see. Do you want me um, to, would you like me to email it to you? I've... Hmm? I, I'm okay. Here it is. E, Todd Benton email is launched. Okay. I mean, I don't know how how people are going to write this down, but it's www.generosity.com uh, community dash fundraising dash can dash money dash grow dash love dash yes. Oh my god! Dash, oh my god! So dash, isn't there? A, well, is there going to be a way to get to that? Is it going? Is it on the website? Is it on the Facebook? Is it yes, going to be you can posted? Go to the sh- website, of, of course, you can go to the website at theinnerrevolution.org, and I'm sure if you put in "Can Money Grow Love?" Yes, see how into your uh, search bar that it would also come up. But it's you know, and and doing the same under generosity.com if you put in "Can Money Grow Love?" But just go to our website, the Inner Rev org, and I'm sure it'll be plastered all over there. Is it plastered yet, or is it going to be plastered? Oh, I'm sure it's already plastered. Okay. <laughs> Todd, Todd doesn't, um, I doesn't... just went. I just went there. Uh, I don't... Maybe it's, got, maybe it's one of the... Okay, I'm going to be looking for it on the flashing pages. At the moment. Well, if it's not there right now, it's going to be. It definitely uh, will be there. It definitely will be there later today. Okay. So, guys, don't forget us. <laughs> Go back and look at our website. See that what all of the stuff is that we're doing. Go to our Facebook page. That's a great way to keep... Uh, you know, information about what we're doing. That's um, facebook.com forward slash the inner rev. And that Facebook is a great way to sign up for our page and be notified of all the new things. I mean, this, uh, this thing has just been launched, so it may not be on our website yet, but it's already out there in the ethers and we need help. So I'm beginning no, to sound way. like... Yeah. yeah, another easy way to get get to this on Facebook is once you're on Facebook, just do the search, Beth Green and the Inner Revolution. Right. I don't think that it's up on Facebook yet either. Okay, so we're advertising something you can't find. 
But <laughs> you know what? You, you can find our you can find the donate button on the innerrevolution.org. You know, if you want to do it today, find the donate button. It's in the menu. I love that idea. And did we mention that this is a nonprofit organ, uh, corporation? Absolutely. That means it's tax deductible. Guys, you have 30 more days. Anyway, I don't want to start sounding like all these people who are handing me. Every time I open my email, I get 20 requests for money like, oh, we have to stop Trump. We have to stop Trump here. We have to do this. We have to do that. And, you know, I realize that we're competing with that. And I know that people have a lot of causes that they believe in. But when are we actually going to believe in real, substantial interchange as the only answer? You know, how can we stop violence if we live in a violent society? You know, how are we? It doesn't. So it's this one is a terrorist and that one is a white nationalist. And this one is this and this one is mentally ill and this and that and the other thing. And, you know, it's just we have so much violence and despair in our society. Whether it shows up in one form or another, it's all signs to me of the same thing of our alienation from one another, the the the, the lack of bonding and bonded relationships in our world. You know, how could the rich and powerful live with themselves when they see, and how do they, when they see so much despair and they see so many poor people? Well, they have to rationalize it and pretend it's the poor people's fault, you know? Raise yourself by your bootstraps, right? Because you can't stand it, you know, or you create ghettos for the rich, you know, where you can just hang out with your own. I mean, I feel it too. I feel horrible when I'm faced with intense poverty. I can't even look at it. Can you? You know, when I think about people who are in inadequate nursing homes, I'm not saying all nursing homes are inadequate, they're not getting the resources that they need in order to take care of the older people. And so I have to think of those old people as not being like me, right? Except that I'm rapidly becoming one of them. Hate to tell you, Beth, but you are one. I already am one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm practically ready for the nursing home. But you, you see what I mean? I think we all are the disabled or the guy in the wheelchair or uh, you know, the woman with too many kids, no husband, and with a drinking problem. I mean, there are so many ways that we can separate out from suffering and pretend that it has nothing to do with us so that we can live with ourselves and go ahead and live our lives as though nothing were wrong. And there's a lot wrong. There is a lot wrong, and it starts with the fact that we do not feel connected to one another. And we're taught to compete and to discount and discard. Now, Beth, I have a challenging question for you, if I may. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. How do we uh, should I hang up? You can. You Thank can. you. Okay. Oh, no, you were going to tell I us about you. Bob. I love you. No, wait, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 Helen, you cannot leave. You're going to oh, tell Bob. us about okay. Bob. Okay, tell us about Bob, and then we'll do the challenging question so that this woman could get off the line and go... <laughs> you know, get a drink of water. 
Okay, we had a wonderful experience with a an event called uh, something humans for humans a real for conversation. a real conversation, <laughs> right? And that was right before the election, and it was just amazing. Beth talked to us and helped us to basically channel personalities that went along with a Trump supporter, a, a you know Hillary supporter, a libertarian, and so forth, and. It was made the people so real, and it changed my life. And you know, all the people who came to the event changed their lives in terms of helping us feel compassion and understanding for why people voted for the different candidates. And it really changed things and helped helped us come together uh, as a as a community. And we decided we want to do a series, and we changed the name to Bonding Over Possibilities because that's exactly what we believe needs to happen. And we offer that the, the next in the series is January 7th from 3 to 5 Pacific Time. You can join from anywhere in the world, though. You can join us via video conferencing. And if you're interested, you contact Chris at the org. Or you can call her at 760-505-5431. I don't think that's her number. Anyway, just email her. (laughs) (laughs) Helen or or Chris or Helen. You can can call me too, 760-518-5267. You see why we need money. (laughs) That's right. We um, need help. We are like going in 20 directions at once. Yes, carry on. That's right. Um, we're going to have it in person at several locations in San Diego County as well as over the Internet. So you have no reason not to attend. You can come from any place in the world or you can come locally if you'd like to come in person. Uh, so and Helen, going are, we to gonna, be, are we going to have uh, groups live in uh, uh, Albuquerque and in Phoenix, Phoenix again and other, possibly I, I other places? So. I Yes, I assume we will also have in Portland, Albuquerque, and uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And, and wherever you live, be, if you want to do it. That's right. <laughs> Whoever you are. You yeah. live, if you, if you yeah. would like to have a group, come join us. You know, you can hear the inimitable Beth Green and her wisdom coming right over the computer to your home. Um, <laughs> we're going to be seeing what people have in common that we can all, you know, this goes back to your question to Christine. We can all come together and come up with things that we want to fight for and that we want to fight together and how we can begin being interrevolutionaries together. You know, what does it take and how can we come together and make a difference? And we'd love to have all of you in our audience join us. Right. It's in fact the subtitle. It's it's bonding over possibilities, becoming an inner revolutionary and a blessing to our world. This goes just beyond. Let's see what we agree on. Now we're really talking Absolutely. about how can you be an inner revolutionary in your world. That's what's going to make a difference, guys. We need more than. 15 people, 25 people, 100 people. We need thousands and thousands of people who are turning their hearts towards the inner revolution to change the conversation wherever they are. And you can do it because people are responding to it. So get in touch with Helen at theinnerrevolution.org. At least if you don't remember anything else, uh, <laughs> do remember that. And uh, that was January 
7th from 3 to 5 Pacific time. So thank you so much because we have another caller and James has a challenging question. So James, you've raised okay. your hand first. Thank you, Helen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Right. Okay, very good. On this topic of trying to be in oneness with others and being, being uh, connected with policies rather than persons as far as uh, our judgments and, and so on, I want to ask you about this area of concern. Trump has appointed uh, for Attorney General uh, Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions, who was seen as too racist to be approved as a federal judge nominee, but who will now preside over the Civil Rights Enforcement Division of the Justice Department. And uh, he's also uh, in a position to go after people who grow marijuana because there are federal laws prohibiting it, even though it's legalized in a number of states, and certainly medical marijuana is legalized in a, a number of states. Uh, but he disapproves of all of that. And uh, so how do we deal with, uh, uh, how do we implement what you're talking about if, in fact, he does do the things that he indicates that he might do uh, regarding going after marijuana growers, uh, uh, curbing civil rights, curbing uh, voter registrations, uh, things like that? Okay. See, this is exactly what we're not going to do. First of all, Jeff Sessions has not been approved yet. Donald Trump isn't even president yet. And uh, Sessions has not been uh, made a cabinet, uh, James, okay. uh, uh, you know, hasn't gotten on the cabinet yet, all of that. But you're sitting there using your energy, and I, 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 I'm just using you as an example because it just came up. So please do not take offense. I don't mean this in an offense. But, but I'm also trying to put this out as a hypothetical. But, what if, but what if, what let if me these finish. things happen? Okay, let go me ahead. finish. You're putting yeah. your time and energy into being upset about Jeff Sessions. Mm. Why not go out and use your time and energy to recruit people to the inner revolution? And, and to talk to people who are, instead of saying, we're against Jeff Sessions, we're saying, we are for an inner revolution where we start actually caring about one another. You know, why do we have these kind of racist pro- problems in our nation? How can we begin to come together uh, as people and start to understand, how do we develop understanding among communities? Uh, and wherever you are, if you're in an organization that decides that it's going to take on the session's potential appointment, then how do we impact them to not polarize? You know what? See, I have yet to ever know an argument that didn't have an equal and opposite argument. You know, just like this is, you know, Newtonian physics. It's like we act like the only truth is what we think. What is behind that thinking and that mentality? What are people feeling that create those kinds of choices? Who is supporting that and why? And get to the heart and the root of the matter instead of spinning our wheels chasing this windmill and chasing that windmill. So if you are in a group of people who really want to defeat Jeff Sessions, more power to you, but do it in an inner revolutionary way. And, you know, let's stop being hysterical. I mean, every time, that's one of the reasons I don't want to read the news anymore. I mean, I am not going to react to every drip on, on the rooftop. I want to put my energy into making real change. So that's the qu- the answer. 
So Irene is calling from San Diego. Thank you. I'm glad you raised the question. You do? And I get it. Yeah, it's being a stand for the oneness and uh, promoting that and connecting with what's underlying uh, when there are two opposing uh, viewpoints. Get at what's underlying that so that people can have their deeper needs met. Got it. Yeah, and how can we come to some agreement instead of immediately leaping on each other? Oh, what did Trump say today? Oh, what did, you know, (laughs) you did this. Okay, Irene from San Diego. Welcome. Thank you. you? Um, I've found, I'm in several social groups, and especially since the election, but it was even before the election, there's this unwritten rule of you don't bring up the election. And in fact, (laughs) I was with people I didn't know very well at Thanksgiving, and the hostess said, before people even assembled, Okay, we have an agreement. We are not going to talk about uh, <laughs> the election because people are so afraid of polarizing. And um, and so I wanted to ask you because I've I've been in stumped at things like this before, and you always have a great suggestion for how to <laughs> honor, you know what people are wanting and at the same time break this kind of silly, we can't talk about anything. Well, I would have said to her, who is we who made that agreement? I don't remember having been there. (laughs) (laughs) So because that's the first thing I'm hearing is that you were told that that was the decision and who made that decision. And so then... You know, I could say, well, you know, I don't agree with that. I think what we really need to do is start healing our nation by talking about what we have in common. Why don't we talk about what are the issues that we all care about, regardless of who we voted for? Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. That's so simple. You, I'm always struck by the simplicity of your answers. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been perfect. Thank you. You know, I love it. it. This is very similar. I'm so glad that you brought that up and that James brought up what he did because this is exactly the kind yeah. of thing that we are going to be talking about, uh, you know, about at bonding over possibilities and all of yeah. our interrevolutionary training. It's like we need to get way more grounded in the principles of oneness, accountability, and mutual support, what they actually mean, and start working with each other to help each other. How do you bring the interrevolutionary Revolution into your coffee clutch, into your book club, into the water board meeting, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. to the schoolroom. Uh, how? Huh? When you said waterboard, I thought you meant as in waterboarding. Uh, <laughs> 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 that was funny. Uh, you know, I, that that escaped me. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I caught that too. That was the first association I made. Oh, the waterboarding. <laughs> yes, and you say, now, how do you feel about being waterboarded? Well, uh, you know, it's you know, it's so easy to get triggered by everything that is being hyped. These things that are true, things that aren't true, the things that have happened, the things that uh-huh. haven't even happened yet. You know, we can stay yeah. in a state of constant, like, ah, 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 you know, and, uh, you know, no. See, this is the premise of our show today, right? How to stay calm. So, uh, let's try to do something here. So, thank you so much, Irene. That was very helpful. 
<laughs> um, okay. What I'd like to do is why don't we do an exercise here where we stay calm. <sighs> now I'm connecting to the depth of myself. And I'm smiling. And it isn't as though I don't know that they're suffering. But that I know that there is more that I bring when I'm smiling and have my own peace. And I feel myself reaching out my hand to everyone. And I'm going to see myself, and I hope you're doing this with me, guys. I'm going to see myself hugging and kissing everyone in a line. You know, like when you're at a wedding and there's a reception line. So it's a reception line, and I'm going to hug and kiss everyone who comes by. And I'm going to look into their eyes, and I'm not going to ask them who they voted for but I'm going to feel them as real, feel their pain, feel their potential. And I'm going to feel the response. People respond to love. And can you feel the peace descending on you, James, as you see yourself doing the same? Yes, I do feel it. First, you're the one who's get kissed and hugged, and now you're the one who kisses and hugs others. And now everyone who's been kissed and hugged has a reception line and is doing the same for others. So tell us what we're doing next week. Okay. Next week's topic, systemic crisis calls for systemic change. What can we do about it? The United States faces a systemic crisis, not simply political and economic difficulties. The political system is stalemated. The lives of millions are impaired by economic and social pain. Violence is prevalent among individuals and communities. Civil liberties are eroding. Near record numbers of citizens remain incarcerated. Underemployment, inequality, and ecological degradation deepen day by day. Is there a way out? What are some of the potential solutions? We'll speak with Joe Brewer, a complexity researcher and evangelist for the field of culture design, the field of applying design thinking, which culminates in changes to social norms and cultural practices. We'll talk with him about his writings on, quote, the mental disease of late-stage capitalism, unquote, and also, quote, a social movement for broken people, and the connective intelligence. And how his work hopes to bring people together to address crises such as climate change, mass extinction, poverty, and overshoot. So tune in, and now for final word. Now, when it said we, I don't know who's hosting that show. That is not us. So that must be either Helen or Helen and Todd. And, you know, I think it would be great if people knew they could hear from the e-card who is going to be hosting the show. And I wish them well, because it sounds like this is someone who is trying to make the same kind of changes that we are. And so I invite you to have a wonderful new year and to have hope and to check out the interrevolution.org and our Facebook page, which you can find on our website. And please donate, please. 
nonprofit, you know, tax deductible. And I wish you a very good year. And I'm going to get back together with you in 2017. We are going to make this be the year that the world changes. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and James Maynard. The next episode will broadcast live next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And don't forget Inner Revolutionary TV on voiceamerica.tv. Think outside the box and join us.